Yesterday, I talked about thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. I don't know if I'm supposed to say antithesis in that, in that sentence, if you're supposed to have the normal pronunciation, but I don't want to because I want to make it clear that all three are kinds of thesis. There's a thesis, an antithesis, and a synthesis. <laughs> synthesis, but I say that differently, so I don't know. Anyway, I talked about thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. And um, very briefly, because hopefully you listened to it yesterday, the idea is that some things have this structure where you have like A, which is the thesis, and then you have the contradiction of A, which is the antithesis, and then you have uh, a combination of A and its contradiction in some larger context where both make sense, and that is the uh, synthesis. Okay, so today I'm going to give one more example of that and then talk about... Um, Something to do with that. All right, get ready. So this is about uh, stages of development. This also comes from Kim Wilbo, also from uh, Spiral Dynamics, and those are the main two, but there are other um, developmental researchers that have observed pretty similar things. The idea is that you can kind of broadly categorize human adult development into three stages, pre-rational, rational, and transrational. So pre-rational is um, anything from kind of like tribal or uh, religious uh, in a kind of naive sense into, you know, you might be into worshiping gods or you might be into ancestor spirits or you might be kind of superstitious or believe in witchcraft, believe in that, you know, if I step on the crack, then it's going to break break my mother's back. If I tend to some kind of deities in some way, some forces outside of me that, that work in this kind of like voodoo-y way, then I'm going to, uh, then then I, I can produce effects like that or like that the, there are these beings outside of me that are in control of things. So that is pre-rational. Uh, then at some point, you like um you you reach the stage of development of ra- rationality so rationality is where you start to say you know what the world is understandable and the mind can understand the world and we can understand the rules that govern things and then we can gain control over things by exploiting our understanding of the rules so you know this is where science comes in Right, where we start to go, you know, I drop these things from the Leaning Tower of Pisa and I measure how long it takes for them to fall and that gives me an idea of how falling works. Then 100 years later, someone else takes that idea, my idea, me being Galileo now, of how falling works and um, other measurements that some other guy, Kepler, did about how the planets move and can kind of put those together and figure out a law which says, hey, check it out. The reason that things fall and the reason the planets move the way that they do is the same reason. And it's this really simple rule, you know, to do with the the square of the distance or the inverse of the square of the distance or whatever that is. That's Newton. That's the law of gravitation, Newton. These laws can be understood and reality can be understood. And once we understand these laws, we can do things like build rocket ships, build missiles, you know, um in the case of gravity, it improves our understanding of engineering, we can build better buildings, like all of these things, right? So, um, so this is the rational stage. And, and, and when you come from the pre-rational where like your plan for achieving your goals was to pray to the right gods, which is basically no different than luck. Um, 
then you move to rationality where your plan for achieving your goals is to understand how things work, the rules that govern them, and then figure out how to exploit those rules to produce a result. That works much better than chance. Like that actually changes the results. And so people move to rationality and they go, oh, wow, this is great. Um, Let's keep doing this and let's do more of this. Now, there's another level of development that comes after rationality, you hang out in rationality long enough, and you have to really get rationality, and you have to really include it, incorporate it in your consciousness. And then there's a level that comes after that, which is where you start to recognize the limits of the purely rational worldview. And you start to recognize the limits of what the mind can do and the understanding of the mind. And you start to include, you start to include, uh, non-rational activities you start to include energy healing medicine ceremonies shamanic ritual um you know prayer you reincorporate prayer you reincorporate a relationship with divinity like there's all of these different aspects of it uh saints archetypal forces and energies right there's many different things you can do and you know you you're probably aware of this of people that kind of um at some stage in their life get into a bunch of like woo-woo stuff sometimes people are just into woo-woo stuff and it's like pre-rational but if they if it's someone that maybe is like already included a bunch of the rational and then they also start to touch into this woo-woo stuff then that is a a, a sign of uh moving into a trans rational stage of development where you include the rational but you transcend it so that's uh, you know another case of thesis. Thesis being the the magical worldview or the mythic worldview. Um, I'm co- collapsing those two, and then antithesis being the rational worldview. Like no, that isn't right. Like prayer doesn't work. Like uh, calling to your ancestors for aid doesn't work. Reclaiming parts of your soul in a shamanic journey. These things don't work. Like they don't do anything uh, to affect the world. We want rationality, so that's the antithesis. And then the synthesis is, well, rationality is really, really good for a lot of different things, but it, it doesn't include everything. It doesn't include uh, all the range of uh, reality and the range of human experience. And there are things that the mind um, isn't equipped to to understand, or, or rather, not necessarily the mind isn't equipped to understand, but that the but the process of rationality, the process of the reduction uh, to kind of measurable, repeatable, location independent, um, externally verifiable results, which is this more the scientific side of rationality, but that that thing um, isn't enough to to include and now there's a certain kind of rationalist that would say well but you still want to be rational into your exploration of the kind of woo woo and spiritual and strange like you still want to pay attention to the results you're getting and you still want to you know like that which i think is true and that's why it's transrational right like the third stage transrational it's not anti-rational it's not post-rational it's trans in the sense that it, it transcends and includes so it includes rationality as part of a larger worldview and a larger apparatus of meaning making. Okay, so that's another example of thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. Now, something really interesting that um, Ken Wilber observed about this, he calls the pre-trans fallacy. And so the pre-trans fallacy is where 
it's actually two different fallacies. There's a fallacy where you mistake pre-rational things for trans-rational things, like pre-rational pursuits, pre-rational thinking for trans-rational thinking. So maybe you believe that your astrologer can tell you what's going to happen in the future. This is a pre-rational belief. But if you kind of know about, you know, you've also swum in the waters of rationality and trans-rationality, and then you can kind of say like, oh, people that try and take down my belief in this, in my astrologer's ability to predict the future, they're just rationalists that don't understand that there's more to life than just this thing, right? So you're making this collapse of a of a, a pre-rational thing and you're and you're elevating it to trans-rational. One of the examples, I think Ken Wilber gives this example, someone gives this example anyway, is of Jung, this this idea that um, some of the Jungian archetypes and some of the states that Jung was into, C.G. Jung, the, the psychiatrist, the psychotherapist, were really was kind of like this this oceanic feeling of of connection was really just like a regressed state. Like you're just regressing to the childhood state. And it isn't actually like a transrational kind of uh, recognition of the oneness of everything, but that you can kind of collapse them and believe that it is. I don't know enough about Jung, so that I'm just quoting that. I don't know. I don't hold that same position about Jung because I don't know enough about his work. On the flip side, the other kind of pre-trans fallacy is where you take um, genuinely trans-rational experiences, positions, understandings, and you say, that's just not rational. That's like, that's woo-woo hippie crap. That's that's childish. That's um, shows the, like a limited understanding. So anytime that, you know, somebody who's like very hyper-rational, hyper-materialistic rejects um, any kind of like spiritual spirituality, spiritual tradition, religious tradition. It's kind of like that's just nonsense, and it's just harmful, and we just need to get rid of it. Is a uh, also a case of the pre-trans fallacy. And again, I think it's Ken Wilber. Someone gives the example of Freud. The Freud would do this. Freud kind of said like, "Oh, everything is just childhood states. There's no spirituality. That spirituality is just is it's just confusion. It's just like a mix up." So that's the two wings of the pre-trans fallacy. And um, and that concludes the two-part piece on thesis, synthesis, and antithesis. I, I guess the last thing I'll say is that pre-trans fallacy, just watch for it and watch for um, your ability to keep including rationality and a rational um, kind of... Uh, experimental evidence-based but also just reason-based understanding of the world keep including that and see how much else you can include in terms of weird shit and like one of the things i found especially is that weird stuff can be really helpful for uh, if you are doing healing if you are attending to your own kind of psyche it's there's some way that the methods of the mind by themselves are not always helpful for that. And that there are kind of non-mental methods that go into this transrational domain where you start, whether it's a beautiful metaphor that you're reclaiming pieces of your soul, for example, say you're doing some shamanic retrieval work where you're reclaiming pieces of your soul. Is that a metaphor? Is that just like some 
beautiful idea that's helpful for organizing your psyche or is there really this thing called a soul that you really leave pieces behind and that you can include them re-include them through this process and you can kind of get agnostic about that and that's fine and for me that's a lot when i enter those realms that's kind of how i do it is i'm like i don't know i don't think we know and there's that's another danger of rationality and of the scientific method set apparently i'm just obsessed with deconstructing science but here it is there is a danger because we can know very certainly some things using that method there's a danger that we start to feel like we know everything or nearly everything and that that kind of knowing is the only important kind of knowing and that soon everything will be known that way and then when everything is known that way that's when we'll really know and the truth is you know i love this thing from terence mckenna i'm gonna have to do a future episode about this this quote but he says science is the study of phenomena so simple that they are independent of time and place and scientists would agree with that for the most part but it interestingly leaves this huge swathe out and that's just one huge swathe that gets left out so there's this like not knowing about so there is a not knowing about how what the real mechanisms of reality are which in some cases is actually really useful. It can be really useful to stop knowing. Okay, that's the end of part two of the thesis, antithesis, synthesis piece. Thank you for listening and be well. <laughs>